0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. We're back again with another episode. It's going to be good today. We've got a lot going on. So, obviously, the lead is last night. The Nuggets played Game 7 against the Utah Jazz, and the Nuggets won. And, you know, it was a great game. Not really. It was a bad game. It looked like a college basketball game, honestly. You know, final score of 80-78 to 78 in today's NBA is not good you know the nuggets you know only scored 30 points in the second half and the jazz couldn't hit an open shot to save their lives it was really bad just honestly it was bad basketball except for one player right there's one player who played really well nikola jokic led the way for the nuggets with 30 and 14 and murray only had 17 and 4 right so i think that the big takeaway that we can take away from this game is jokic is still the best player on this nuggets team right? You know, like, don't get me wrong, Jamal Murray is a bucket, he can play, not quite to level yet, you know, and I think that, you know, we saw, you know, his his three straight games, you know, uh, games 4, 5, and 6, and we were 50, 50, which is absolutely insane, like, that's, you know, it's insane, you know, he's the first player to do that since Iverson in, in 2001, so obviously, like, Murray can score, he's on his way to being a real star, but, Jokic is still the best player, right? So, Jokic, for this series, averaged 26.2 points per game, five and a half assists, and eight rebounds, right? Those are really good numbers, really consistent numbers, right? I think his lowest-scoring game, he only scored 15, right? And then his next lowest-scoring game, after that, was 22. And then every other game was up around 28, 30, right? So, really consistent the whole series. You know, whereas, you know, Murray, game one, hit comes out, has a great game, scores 36, all right, game 2 he only scores 14, game 3 he only scores 12. And obviously you got games 4, 5 and 6 where he goes 50, 42, 50. Then game 7 he only scores 17. All right, but that being said, he did, he he did a great job defensively on Mitchell and you know he played really good defense, but all in all he's just not as consistent as Jokic yet, which he'll get there over time. But I just think we need to slow our rolls a little bit on Murray. You know, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit too after seeing him he go, after watching him go fifty forty two and then fifty again. But you know, he's just not as consistent yet as some of these stars, right? So let's just give him a little bit more time, and I think consistency will eventually follow, right? Now, the other star, the only other star in this series is Donovan Mitchell. Dude's clearly a star. He great player. I think we we've known this for a while. But the Jazz need another star to compliment him, right? You know, Rudy Gobert is the second best player on that team. And he just isn't skilled enough for today's NBA. You know, he can't shoot, you know, really just kind of clogs up the paint, which makes it tougher on Mitchell whenever he tries to go to the bucket and things like that. So they need another guy who can shoot, right? Like, I think, you know, like their next best scorer after Mitchell is probably Clarkson off the bench. You know, they just need another guy who can score, right? And that's really what they're missing. I think, you know, Mike Conley was supposed to be that guy for them this year. But obviously things didn't really work out with him. He had a bad year. Came to the bubble late. You know, the first game he came back, you know, he had the 27 points. And people were like, okay, here we go. This is kind of what we were expecting from Conley. And then it was just kind of average after that. You know, so they just need one more guy. And then I think the Jazz will really be able to contend for the Western Conference possibly. So, you know, it was a great series. Um You know, any series that goes seven games is totally worth watching. And, yeah, so next, you know, the Clippers are now matched up with the Nuggets. Clippers in five. I don't think it's really going to be close. And so here's the thing, right? Like, if you listened to the last podcast on Monday, you know, we had some guys on from Too Many Audible's, and Cameron picked Denver to beat the Clippers in six, I believe is what he said. But, look, if you think Denver's going to beat the Clippers – you're just a hater. You know, you're probably some Laker fan, right, who doesn't want to see the Clippers. And so you're like, yeah, Denver's going to beat them because why not, right? But look, let's just look at this, okay? So everybody watches the Clippers play against Dallas, and they're like, oh, man, you know, Dallas, you know, they they really ran up the points, you know, like they score, you know, they, they beat them twice, you know, they, they beat them once without, you know, Porzingis, you know, all this kind of stuff like that, right, which is all very true. But... Denver doesn't have a player anywhere close to Luka, right? Especially at the guard position. You know, like, obviously, you know, Denver has Jokic, who's a great player, but doesn't score like Luka does. He just doesn't. And you have to have a guy like that. And, you know, Murray's a good player, but he's not Luka Doncic, you know? Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly are going to be perfectly fine defending him. You know, Murray may average 20 on the series, but he won't do anything close to what he did against the Jazz. Simple as that. That and Denver doesn't play defense <laughs> at all, right? Now, well, Jonathan, you know they they held the Jazz, you know, to 78. Go back and watch the game. Utah Jazz role players could not hit open shots, especially in the first half. You know, they missed countless wide open corner threes. You know, if, if the Jazz's role players shoot averagely, they probably beat Denver in Game 7. I mean, so they just don't defend well. And if the only thing that could give the Clippers some problems would be Jokic just because of his size, and that's where the Clippers are kind of lacking. You know, they've got Zubox who, you know, starts with them at, at the center position, and then their biggest guy off the bench Montrez Montrezl Harrell, you know, who's 6'7". He's a big body, but nothing close to what Jokic is. So... He's going to be a problem, you know, so he, he, I think he's going to have a big series, but all in all, it won't be enough to beat the Clippers. Just excuse me. Yeah, yeah, What am I thinking? <laughs> it won't be enough to beat the Clippers, you know. I love Jokic. He's just a little bit too passive for me at times, and yeah. So Clippers in five. Uh, Jazz have a bright future if they can go find another star. Nuggets need to learn how to play defense. That's the wrap-up of that. <laughs> So the other series obviously that's going on that's a big deal is OKC and the Rockets. They're playing Game 7 tonight at 8 o'clock. Totally going to be t- tuned in for that. So Game 6, I was wrong. I thought the Rockets would win. I was wrong. So I hate saying that. Golly. But, you know, CP3 did his thing. You know, seven rebounds and 3 assists. Played great. You know, if you were on Twitter, everybody was just singing his praises as they should. You know, he's done, he's done great this year. Um... Yeah, but here's here's the unsung hero from that game. Gallinari had 25 points and was four of nine from three. Like he's really the only consistent three point shooter, maybe outside of CP3 that they have. Everybody else is kind of just an average guy, you know. So Gallinari can really shoot it. For them to win Game Seven tonight, like he has to play well. And I think Gallinari's really important for them. You know, he's got to get it going from three just to help spread the floor a little bit. And obviously, you know, Game Six, you know, the big headline sadly wasn't, you know, the OKC played great. It was Westbrook and Harden, who should have had the ball there at the end. If you didn't see it, Westbrook has the ball with about 15 seconds left. He's bringing it up the floor, ends up turning it over. And, you know, Westbrook's going to Westbrook. That's just kind of what he does, right? Like he was either going to turn the ball over or do something stupid, or he was going to go coast to coast and and get a layup to tie it up at 102-102. Right? But all in all, Harden should have had the ball. It's not really a question. Harden's definitely definitely the better offensive player. He's the better player overall in general, really. So Harden really should have the ball there. You know, this is partially on Tony. Like, it, you know, there's a timeout a few minutes before. He should have been like, look, it's close. Last shot, we're, we're going to Harden, right? Plus, like, that's what you've been doing all year, all game, right? Like, if you need somebody to create, it's usually Harden. You know, they've had Westbrook kind of playing off ball more this year. So the ball should have been in Harden's hands. So that's partially on Westbrook, partially on Coach Dantoni. So but game seven tonight, this is just such a tough game to pick. Because it really comes down to one thing. It's are the Rockets gonna hit their threes. Like if they hit if they hit their shots, they're gonna win. If they don't, then they're gonna lose. You know, like they're a make or miss team. You know, if they're making they're gonna beat whoever they play. But I, I think they're gonna be Oh man, this is tough. So on my notes I've got the Rockets winning. But at the same time, I don't want to bet against CP3 and those guys and Billy Donovan. And, oh, man, this is – I'm, I'm going to stick with the Rockets because that's my gut and that was my initial thought. So I think the Rockets win game seven. This also may be a biased thing because I really want to see them play the Lakers. But Rockets win g- game seven tonight. Gordon, I think, is going to have a pretty solid game. wouldn't be surprised if he went and got 20, 22. And then Westbrook and Harden are going to do what they do. So, yeah, Rockets win tonight. It'll be close, but I I like the Rockets win. That and just the experience that they have, having been here before, playing in a Game 7, you know, competing for championships, things like that. The Thunder are just a lot younger. Obviously, outside of, of like, CP3 and Gallinari. But outside of that, they're younger. They don't have a lot of playoff experience. So I I like the the Rockets to win tonight. So the other series that was crazy, man... Um, the Celtics and the Raptors, you know, Marcus Smart goes crazy the other night, hits five threes in the fourth quarter, <laughs> which is only something Marcus Smart would do. Like, he just kind of got hot at the right time, and they play great defense. And I think that the real thing here that we're seeing is the Raptors need a real one. Like, Siakam's a great player, but he's just not a one, you know. He's a two. You know, he's – that's just what he is, you know. So they, they need they need to go out in free agency this, this summer – so there isn't going to be too too much for them to grab. It's pretty pretty thin this year, and th- they need to sign somebody to to be the one. Because I just don't think Siakam is it. And that like you're really seeing you know their size is kind of being exploited a little bit, especially in the in the, the backcourt with them playing Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry, both guys who barely break six foot. If if Kyle Lowry even breaks six foot, you know and that they're really kind of struggling because of that, just the size and the length of the Celtics. Something that we need to acknowledge is, you know, like, Brown, great defender, this has been acknowledged, Marcus Smart can defend, but Jason Tatum is a great wing defender. Tall, long, athletic, moves his feet well, he can really defend, so I just think that we need to start, like, noticing this a little bit more. You know, I don't think we talk about it, because I would definitely say that Brown is the better of the two of them defensively, but Tatum can really play defense. That and obviously, you know, offensively, you know, he's great, you know, Tatum's a Top 10 player in the league. Almost said top 5, but that's that's overused. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I still like the Celtics in 5 here. Uh, it's just clear that they're just better. And then they'll beat the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Speaking of the Bucks, they're down 1-0. Heater up 1-0. Uh, that game's actually starting right now as I'm re- recording this. And... The Bucks are going to win tonight. You know, all these Heat fans are super excited. Like, oh, yeah, we got a shot. You know, some expert picked us. So that's great. But y'all aren't going to beat the Bucks. Okay, so Giannis only had 18 points last game. Only took 12 shots. Got in foul trouble early. He's going to have more than 18 in every game that they play for the rest of the series. Okay, he's probably going to be somewhere between 25 and 30. May have a game where he goes and gets like 35 or 40. Okay, so Giannis is going to play better. And, you know, Chris Middleton played pretty well last game, too. You know, he had 24 on 50% shooting from the field. So, Middleton's kind of starting to find his groove a little bit. Giannis is going to play better tonight. You know, he's going to come out aggressive tonight, too, just because he didn't play very well last game. You know, he only took 12 shots. So, he's going to come out aggressive tonight. The only thing that, you know, for Giannis that really needs to happen is he needs to start making his free throws. Okay, he was 4 of 12 last night, that's awful. Like, you can't. You know, in the playoffs where everything matters and these close games, you got to make you, you got to do all the the small things right. You know, you got to make your free throws. And Giannis didn't do that. You know, he needs to do that. So he he's gonna have a a big game tonight, though. I wouldn't be surprised if he got thirty five at all. So I, I like the Bucks to win tonight. And you know, last thing you know, you've probably seen you know the clip where they asked Giannis you know if he wanted to guard Butler, and he said no. Why would I want to do that? Well, hopefully tonight, you know, he takes that assignment. Okay, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, the best defensive player in the NBA. He can step out on, on the perimeter and defend, or, you know, he, he can be a rim protector because he's so long and athletic. So hopefully, you know, he, he kind of takes the Butler assignment tonight because that's going to be a great matchup. Because I love Jimmy Butler. You know, he's just a dog, right? And so you know, hopefully, you know, he kind of steps out and he takes that assignment because I think that'll be a great matchup to watch, you know, the whole night. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this game tonight. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be good. So, that's all of the basketball that we have for this episode. You know, we covered basically every series there. And we have some NFL news. I'm not doing college football yet. I want to go ahead and address this. So, I've gotten some questions like, why aren't you covering college football? You know, there's news with that. Totally get that. I want to do like a college football special episode. You know, probably a week or two before the season starts, which is at the end of this month. So, be on the lookout for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I need a good guest for that. So if you, A, want to come on for a college football special, or B, know someone who want to come on for a college football special, let me know, and we will have them on. So NFL, Alvin Kamara is on the trading block, even though he did return to practice today, despite you know contract negotiations and things like that. And if he is on the trading block, or if they're just kind of leaking that to make him want to come back, Tampa Bay needs to make a push right? Alvin Kamara's got great hands out of the backfield. Tampa Bay needs a running back. Tom Brady loves his check down, right? I believe he, he threw to his running back more than any other quarterback in the league last year. I'm not sure if that's 100% correct, but I'm very confident that it is. So go get Alvin Kamara, right? Like you're all in on, on the Super Bowl run. Super Bowl run. You go out, you sign Tom Brady. Go get Alvin Kamara. You know, go Trade away some draft picks, things like that. Like you're you're in a win now mode, so go get Alvin Kamara. They I think they need him because, you know, their running back situation right now is is bad, to be blunt. So I, I think, you know, Alvin Kamara would fit greatly with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I almost called him the New England Patriots. <laughs> so a few more things on the NFL and then we're gonna wrap up the episode. So the Dolphins have named Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starter for week one. Bummed out, I'll be honest. I really wanted to see two a time, you know, but it's just not time yet, you know. I think you know, with no preseason, no OTAs, no things like th- nothing really like that. You know, it was tough just to get him ready. But I don't, I'm not. I'm going to give it. You know, by week four, Tua is going to be the starter. You know, because I mean, you know, I think Miami fans really like Fitzpatrick. You know, he. But we also know that he's in this filler role, and he's here so we can get two ready. Right, so he's gonna have a bad game where he throws three or four picks, and then people are gonna be like, "Oh, we want Tua," and you know Brian Flores is pretty stern, so I don't know if he will pull the trigger. But at the same time, you get pressure from fans, you get the owner talking to you like, "Hey, like we drafted this guy, you know, number three overall for a reason. Like, why is he not ready yet?" You know, so you get all this pressure, and then a lot of time coaches crack and they end up playing a guy before he's ready. Look, Tua. Talent-wise, looks ready. I don't think that that's really the problem. I think it's more of does he know the playbook, does he know the checks, does he, you know, things like that. So I think, you know, three or four weeks in, he should have all that, and he should hopefully be ready by then. So Tua by week three or four, and, yeah, it's going to be good. So, yeah, here we go. So last, so we got two more teams that I want to talk about. Speaking of another rookie quarterback who has not been named the starter, the Chargers named Tyrod Taylor as the starter, which means um, Herbert will not be the starter for the Chargers. I think it's the same thing here. Like Tyrod Taylor is a really solid quarterback, but the Chargers dropped the number five pick on Herbert, and so I mean they, they got to play him at some point. Fans are going to be calling for Taylor's job, you know, after Taylor has a bad game and. I mean, look, there's plenty of talent around Herbert that I think he'll be fine. I think, you know, it's the same thing with with Tua. It's like, does he know the playbook? Does he know the checks? Does he know all this, right? Because, you know, no OTAs and things like that, they're just behind, right? So I think it's not just hard for rookie quarterbacks, but just rookies in general. But obviously, especially for quarterbacks, because they have to know the whole offense. Whereas, you know, if you're Chase Claypool with the Steelers, you just got to know what what routes you're running on pass plays and where you're blocking out on run plays, which is usually just going to be the cornerback in front of you. So, you know, for quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, I'm nervous for Joe Burrow just because no, I've said this you know, it's the third time I'm going to say it: no OTAs, no preseason, no nothing. You know, it's just like we're just going to throw you out here because we know that we have to. You know, so I'm not expecting a lot from Joe Burrow. Um, y'all shouldn't either, just because you know, just he hasn't had as much. Prep time, as as all these other rookie quarterbacks of the past have. So I'm I'm nervous for for these rookie quarterbacks this year, just to kind of see how they play. And then we're still waiting on the Bears to pick their starter. Um, it's going to be Foles. I mean, it's not. I don't know why they haven't just said it yet, because Foles is clearly the better quarterback. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. He's won games. And I mean, like go, like play him, right? I mean, we've seen, you know, Trubisky's. I don't want to say lack of talent because that sounds rude. And obviously he's very talented because he's playing in the NFL. But he's just not what they need, you know. I think that it's pretty obvious, you know, that Foles is the better of the two. And I think all in all they're going to end up picking him as the starter. So that's it. That's all the stuff that we've got for today. Don't forget, more NBA basketball is on tonight. Please watch it. It's going to be good. You know, Chris Paul, Game 7, you know, he's one of the most competitive players in the league. Make sure you watch him tonight. And, yeah, so this has been Overtime Takes. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at OTTakes and on Instagram at Overtime underscore Takes. And, you know, leave a review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And, yeah, this has been Overtime Takes.